Hello, and welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga and maybe make you laugh a little bit. I'm Gianna Gambino. And I'm Bradshaw Wish. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. Uh, Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Funny Thing About Yoga. We're here with me and Gianna. Me. Me and me. Me Me (laughs) and me. It's actually been me the entire time. It's just me doing two voices. Uh, (laughs) If you had it your way, that's probably what it would be. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. I don't want to do the entire thing. I don't want to do all of the work. You know that. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're, you're trying your hand at admin. I don't know how you're liking it, though. Uh, yeah, I know. Oh, gosh. Uh, we are back with here. The funny thing about yoga. It is a gorgeous, sunny day here in Chicago. Just kidding. It's not. It's freezing it's and it's high. gray. It's freezing and it's gray. Seasonal depression. depression. Yeah, yeah. See, I love seasonal depression. Woo! Let's depression hear it for seasonal depression. <laughs> Bradshaw called me early this morning and I was definitely not chipper. He was like, yeah. Hey, how are you doing? He's like calling me like way too spunky for 9am. He's like, Hey, what's up? How are you doing? I already been up for two hours. Whatever. I was, I was like slow, like a sloth, like getting my water, trying to like get ready, motivate myself to go teach. And I was like, I don't know how people like Chicago in the winter. And then you were mad at me and you were like, I didn't get mad at you. You, you, you don't get real mad, but you're just like, end the conversation when I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, don't you miss like hiking and feeling the sun and like laying on a beach? It's like, how do people get through Chicago winters? And you know, like, Hello, the- I'm, I'm people I'm doing it somehow. Well, I like winter. Tell me what you like about winter. I actually I am it, serious. Like I need, I need a jolt I like, of positivity I like, right now. I like that. It's cozy. I like that it's cozy and I like that it gives me a reason to stay inside. Like in the summer in Chicago, I feel like I can't, I'm like, I have to do everything. And in the winter, it's just, it's like, I can't tonight. I'm really cold. <laughs> and I like, I like, I like my apartment. So maybe that's it. Like I like to be cozy in my apartment and like put the TV on and cuddle up with the animals. And See, I don't have that problem because I'm pretty in summer. I'm still well balanced. Well, you also like, don't I- have an animal. You have a rat. Okay, what does that have to do with anything? If I had more of an animal, not a rat, I would hate winter even more because then I'd have to be <laughs> outside to even out. more. She, the best well, thing about say- my little rat is she's pad trained. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Um, the, that's actually funny today that I went out to take Tito for a walk. And my hands were kind of getting cold. And he yesterday I took him out to play play, yeah, which yeah. I, I feel I always just feel bad like when it's cold, like because he he can handle it. He'll go out and just like he wants to run. He loves around. it. Yeah. He just loves to play. And yeah. he likes to, he likes to like go to the park and like have me throw the ball like he's that dog. Mm-hmm. And so you got to do that more. Yeah. And he like tried to turn. He tries to pull me because he doesn't respect me. Um, <laughs> he really like he really doesn't respect he, me. He's he's your boss. No, I'm not. It's like he's like, oh, like someone said to me, cats view them as like your servants. T- so does Tito. So okay. does Tito. Tito's not like, oh, that's my best friend. He's like, oh, that is that psychopath human being that feeds me. 
Yeah. And dances. And yeah, this reminds me of something. Go on. Wait, did you see that thing I posted on my wall? It was like, it was um, someone asking a bunch of mothers if they would kill for their children. And (laughs) the mothers say no. Like, there's like two mothers in a row, like without hesitation, they say no. And then it cuts to this guy with his like, hug or something and he's like i would burn cities for you i would, <laughs> I would murder oh no, my just, gosh this is, not, this is not funny but i was thinking about this and i was like yeah that's me like i would do anything for my dog but would she do anything for me hell no, no. she'd trade me in for a treat she would trade me in for she a treat. would 100 percent trade you in for a treat and then she'd be like where did you go um <laughs> We are back here with our bonus episode. So we have three questions from our listeners. Thank you all for submitting. We love to hear from you. We love to be inspired by you. And we love to give you uh, advice on stuff we think we know about, but we probably don't. So our first question. (laughs) That's a a good way to put it. This first question is going to be really quick and easy. And it it made me LOL. Do laugh I like men? out loud, laugh yes. out loud for those of you who don't know what that means. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but okay, really quick and simple. I'm going to nip this one in the bud. Gee, you've mentioned living in a different place. Every time I tune into an episode, <laughs> I'm listening out of order. Can you explain to me where do you live? (laughs) (laughs) She lives in Chicago. She lives in Chicago. I'll give you the long and short of it. Gianna was living in Chicago, Chicago, and then she's like, oh, I don't know if I can live here. I'm gone. And then I'm she, I'm, I'm cold. cold. And then she went to San Francisco, which is also gray and just 20 degrees warmer. And uh, she taught there for a little, how many, how many months was it? It was like five. I don't know. It's September know. to December. So not even. Yeah. Like December, four and a half months. October. And then she's like, uh, I don't know about here. So then she went back no. to. Yeah, I, I didn't say I don't know about here. I got sick, but whatever. Let's go on. I don't want well, to talk about uh, yeah. that anymore. No, that's a whole. Yeah. And and there was a man that whatever. We won't get into that either. And then. Um, oh, my God. You just well, almost. Gianna, Gianna, let's just say. You're in a throuple. I am in a throuple. And I'm not just going to say <laughs> Gianna wasn't spreading her legs just for yoga. So. Okay. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. I hate you so she wasn't much doing right her um pasarita no, I... for just one person. <laughs> okay, last year, the long and short of it is yes, I moved around a lot. I tried tried out San Francisco, had some health stuff, moved in with family in Florida temporarily until I felt well enough to be back on my own. And all my stuff was in storage in Chicago. So I came back here, got my stuff, returned to life before and here, my... and here she is still complaining about Chicago. Yeah, literally though. <laughs> I think I think just to wrap this up in a pretty bow, I think I just need to be a snowbird. I need so I need yeah, you this, and everyone else. Po- I need the podcast to make us some money so I can afford to be a snowbird. Well, here's the thing. I, I'm I'm just going to put this out there because I think that it is something to say. Gianna and I have a lot of content in terms of like workshops that we've put together. And we can, if you want us to come to your studio, if you want us to come to your country, you just let us know because we are... Um, more than willing to travel and do workshops. And we're also more than willing to lead our teacher training program at another space, another area. So if that is something that you're interested in, uh, all jokes aside, please reach out to us because we we love to travel and we love to teach. So let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're somewhere warm, maybe we'll hook it up. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, for summer. If you're summer warm, we'll make it more expensive so you can get us a car and bring us to the beach. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Just okay, kidding. so moving on to question two, which I think this is kind of a fun one. Okay, you both have mentioned co-teaching. What does co-teaching mean? What does that look like? Okay. And you can co-teach in a different way. Like, uh, so it's when two people are teaching the class. So that's co-teaching. Thanks, and, Raja. Well, well, I don't know. And okay, so okay. say, so, so some, so John and I have done it where she teaches half of the class, then I teach the other half of the class. I've co-taught classes where it's like, the, you know, you do a section, you teach for five minutes and the other person teaches for five minutes, then you go back and forth. So it's when two people are leading a class and they are splitting up the time however they would like. Yeah. To, that's kind of as simple as it is. To just elaborate a little bit more, if you're co-teaching and you're going to split the class 50-50, like you do the first 30 minutes, I'll do the second 30 minutes, I would recommend that you, the person who's going second, still stay and watch the first half because you don't want to totally. repeat. You don't want to like repeat anything and you want, or, or if you do want to repeat something, you want to do it intentionally, but you want the sequencing to be cohesive. And well, I, yeah, yeah, you would never, you also want to read the vibe of the room and of the class. I would never advise you to like, oh, you're teaching half. I'll be there in half an hour. I wouldn't yeah. even do that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so just, just play off of each other. What Bradshaw and I do a lot co-teaching is the second method that he mentioned, which is like, He'll start the class and then usually somewhere after like a nice warm up, like when they're like headed to salutations, maybe they're in a down dog or they're at the top of the mat and they're just breathing, maybe eyes softened or closed for a second. And then we kind of just like signal to each other. Okay. Like now you go. And so I'll lead them through, let's just say he started, I'd lead them through salutations. And then once I'm like done with some salutations, maybe I'll hold them in a do down dog and I tell Bradshaw, okay, your turn, you go. So we're mm -hmm. really playing off of each other and we'll do that back and forth throughout the hour. And, and we, yeah, we really, I think you and I sequence similarly, like in terms of like having a peak, like a warm up, a peak and a cool down and we like to um, engage the body in certain ways and like build towards bigger shapes. So I think having someone that you jive with and like can play off of, it can be really nice. And I also think it could like help inspire your own teaching sometimes. Like you're like, oh yeah, I love what he did there. And you know, um, that makes me think of this thing and then I'll include that. And you know, so it's a little different. And I think um, for us during retreats, we always try to split the classes in like, say we're gone for a week. And so seven days, there's 14 classes. Like we'll try to do seven each so that we have our own time. But sometimes there's like that odd number. Like there might be like one extra morning class or night class. And so or we'll like co-teach. Yeah, yeah. Or it's just like, oh, we're, you know, we're doing backbends. Can you actually come and like assist? Like maybe one person will teach and then the other person yeah. will assist if it's maybe more like physically demanding or like they, you need more hands-on or, or like hands-on. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah and there's just some, sometimes we do workshops where we like to co-teach because we bring different things to it. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, like handstands. I think mm. you're really, prof you're really proficient to pop up and hold. And like, sometimes while you're like demoing, I can explain more and mm. I've struggled more with handstands. And so like you, like 
that gives me an understanding that you have different experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And also we just like enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And we just enjoy being around. I mean, we're there to like, if anyone, if any of you come on a retreat or do a training, Gian and I are like, we do it together we do it together for a reason. And that's because we can't stand each other. Um, yeah. we actually, we, we do fight no. like siblings, but then we like, then we, <laughs> we make love up. like lovers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we fight like sim- siblings make love like lovers. That sounds so fucked up. What's the next question? <laughs> it is really effed up, but it made me laugh. <laughs> Sorry. I need a second. Ooh, okay. The third question. I think this is the one we might spend a little more time on. All right. Okay. So this person wrote in, they've seen your reels, Bradshaw, on the Dharma talk. And so the question is, how do you give a good Dharma talk and where do you get inspiration from? And then just a little backstory. This person says, I usually begin with breathing techniques and then give a Dharma talk towards the beginning of Shavasana. Do you think that this is too much talking for Shavasana? So it's kind of a a three-part question. So how do you give a good Dharma talk, where to get inspiration, and then talking about, I guess, when to do Dharma talks? I think that's a good place to start. I think a good Dharma talk is the way that I, again, this is my idea of a good Dharma talk. We all have different ways of doing totally subjective is what we're saying yes it's very thank you thank you i only i only graduated i only graduated from the fifth grade um (laughs) i think that being direct and not too wordy and fluffy is important so i you know what if it's an hour class i would say talk for honestly like a minute two minutes i also want to say the best place for a Dharma talk, in my opinion, is it's in the, the beginning. beginning before you before you even start. Because class. it's because a Dharma talk can kind of be a really good place for people to start thinking about their intention or why they're there. It kind of gives something to I think a Dharma talk is in the beginning of practice sets the stage for your intention or the vibe or what you're focusing on or the theme for that class. So it's kind of like the, the opening statement. Yes. And I, I love that. And I just want to put a note that I think you like Dharma talks are great, but I don't think you need to do them. And I I think the, I think the worst thing you can do is to force yourself, force yourself to do a Dharma talk when it's not feeling organic Mm -hmm. and just like natural for you that day Mm -hmm. that and that i think that's honestly the answer to what do you talk about you Mm -hmm. talk about like what's organic and naturally to you what's coming up for you Uh, i think it's really important as yoga teachers that we don't share too much of our personal like we want to be authentic we want to be real but like to not make the dharma talk about you like this is what i'm doing this is my experience i think I think, hmm, yeah, for example, like, I don't know, though, I think that I think that it's good also to like, you know, speak maybe a little about like, I've learned X, Y, and Z, but to not delve too much into it, that it becomes about you and not the topic. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're going to share something personal, just try to adapt it more broadly. Like, Mm -hmm. I think the thing that becomes funny in your reels is like when 
when you did the one about like I met my boyfriend in chemistry class or whatever yeah. it was like when it's just like too like those are like it's the too, too much. much detail whereas you can speak to those things just but more more broadly more generally so that it can um apply to almost anyone in the room um you know I had to do dharma talks when I was teaching out in San Francisco and for me it was it got me out of my comfort zone because I would always theme something in my sequencing around a physical component that would have like an offshoot of some sort of mental emotional. For example, like if we were doing something challenge challenging, I can start talking about how we show up and face challenges and how we use the tools of yoga. But these were less overt themes that I would do. So I felt like when I moved and I was, had to do the Dharma talks at this studio, I felt a little bit out of my comfort zone. And there were days where I was like, oh no, like I, like it's just not resonating for me. So I would actually talk about the themes that I had planned in my practice in a way that can be inspirational. Like, okay, so today we might be doing crow pose. I'm just throwing that out that for, for example. And it doesn't matter if you take flight today. And then you start to talk about like what it means to do something challenging, how mm. to use or what the it breath. means to and, practice or what, and it, mean, what it means yeah. to practice. Exactly. So it, like things like that would resonate with me more when I didn't have something like overtly mm -hmm. spiritual or, you know, energetic or emotional to talk about. But I will say because I moved the first couple of classes that I taught were about like being uncomfortable. It was, I was about doing something uncomfortable and, and new and being the new person and trying something new. And so for me, like, I think a Dharma talk that resonates, especially as a student, when I've been listening to, to Dharma talks, they're ones that can be applied to my life. So they're not so specific, like Bradshaw was saying, they, that you can take elements and, um, I guess, soak in that inspiration in your and, own way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's great. And I think that that's a great point. I think that, you know, having that obviously prepared, okay, this is kind of what I'm going to focus on in class today. This is kind of, kind of be my Dharma talk, quote unquote, that when you have that idea, you do have some preparation before Gian and I are big yeah. in, prep in preparation because I find that when I'm not prepared and I, I'm like, oh, I'm going to give a Dharma talk. It, it like I just go off on tangents. Things things don't connect, like have some yeah. structure to what you're talking about. And I think, remember, you only have 60 minutes. And so you don't want to spend the first 10 minutes talking. People are not going to want to listen to you. So be direct, um, be prepared and be concise which is yes, direct. And I, and I want to say, if you are teaching at a place that, you know, you have a 75 minute or 90 minute class, obviously take, you can take more time with your Dharma talk. Yes. You could but, also, I mean, that could also be, a, if you have 75 minutes, Gianna, say you do like their Dharma talk you have at the beginning and then you can weave it in the end before Shavasana. Mm -hmm. I think you so could I, do something like that. Yes. And I just want to point out like, it also, I think, depends on the environment. Like Bracha, mm -hmm. you said people aren't going to want to listen to 10 minutes, but maybe in some environments, in some studio culture, people do want 10 minutes of Dharma talk versus 60 minutes of practice. Maybe they want 10 minutes Dharma, 50 minutes of practice. I don't know. But I think you just have to like feel the vibe too. 
the mm-hmm. studio vibe, the the culture of the studio, and then bring your own authentic self to that. So there's a little play off one another. Like I want you to always, I want everyone to be themselves, but you also to just have like some sort of recognition of, of the culture and vibe of the studio. Yeah, exactly. And, and then lastly, I, in terms of getting inspiration, I think we've kind of said this, but I want to make it more overt, get inspiration from your regular life. Or if you're reading something, and something's inspiring you from what you're reading, it's always nice to share that reading. You could weave in the lessons or the message of that reading. I think that's a really nice way to find inspiration for a Dharma talk. Um, And then, okay, and then uh, just a note about the talking too much, because this person specifically asks, they weave in a Dharma talk at the beginning of Shavasana, do you think this is too much talking for Shavasana? For me personally, I would say yes. Yeah. I I think that Shavasana is a time for students to just watch themselves live. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard to- It's a really great way of putting it. I like that. I like that. It's hard to watch- yourself live when you have someone talking and I think as students we've all been there have you ever been like winding down for Shavasana and the teacher's just going on and on and you're no. like actually not you're like not even listening to the teacher because you're no I would say can settle. you shut the fuck up no you no, I personally you wouldn't say that but have no. you been in a, in a room as a student where that's your, that's your experience where you're actually not even listening to the teacher because you're in your own zone I think that Shavasana is for Shavasana. So just like, let them be in it. Like Gianna saying, let them rest. They're not going to, when, once they lay down and they, you know, they're in Shavasana, they don't, honestly, they don't really want to hear you talking. And I, that has nothing to do with you. I think that goes for all teachers. So let the Shavasana time be the Shavasana time, which is quiet time for self-reflection time for calmness, relaxation. Yes. And if you did want to share something at the end of class, I think a good time to do that is like if you roll them on the side or if you get them up to a seat, you could have them, you know, softly gaze or close mm. the eyes or something that's comfortable. And then you can share a reading or a, yeah. something before you close. Yeah. So if you're like, say you're doing, this is just an example, because this is often what I do. Say you do double pigeon, they're on their bellies, get them to a seated position on the mat, then do your Dhamma talk or your breathing or whatever. Have them lay down, twist, twist, Shavasana. Okay. I know you're sequencing. I just want to repeat that for anyone who didn't get it. So Bradshaw's talking about before Shavasana, he might take a moment in like a seated meditation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Before they the even end lay, of, yeah, before they yeah. lay down. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know that you do that. And I think just saying it a little bit more clearly, like if you do want to have a Dharma talk or a moment at the end before the Shavasana, take them into a seated meditation for a moment. You can say what you need to say. Mm-hmm. And then lie them on down. And then I just want to say one last thing about, because I, I think we've made a lot of good points, but one other note about talking through Shavasana, this kind of reminds me of something that one of my teachers, Judith Hansen Lassiter says, and it's really, it's really rung true for me where she talks about how guided meditation is the teacher's meditation mm. and that 
non-guided meditation is the student's meditation. And mm. so I think about this often in Shavasana because it is a moment of meditation. And so if you're talking over it, then it's not their meditation. It mm -hmm. becomes your meditation and you're taking from them. Mm -hmm. And so that's just one last little, um, you know, piece of information to think about and to take as you will. You may agree or disagree with that statement and that's okay. Personally, I agree with it because if you've ever done a guided meditation, you're probably on a journey through some rippling water under the seas and doing all, and that's mm -hmm. great. It serves a time and place, but I know that that meditation makes me feel differently than a meditation where I'm left to my own devices and I get to actually observe my mind. Yes. And that that gives me more information about myself than the guided meditation does. So I think anyway, we answered that. We really did. I think we did a great job. I I want to pat us both on the back. I'll, I would love to come over and pat you on the back. Not only that, I'd like to kiss you <laughs> on the lips. Uh, don't forget, everyone, please, uh, if you have questions, message us on Instagram, send us uh, a video, I'm, I'm sorry, an audio message. We <laughs> love to hear from you. If you want to send us a video just for fun, just of you talking, you giving your drama talk yeah. and we'll give you we'll give you points back. Let us know. Uh <laughs> email us. You can email us an audio clip if you'd like at, at Kaya Yoga School at gmail.com. So it's Kaya C A Y Yoga School at Gmail. So email those in. We love answering them every month. But as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. If you liked this episode, share it with friends. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Perfect. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Remember what I taught you. Be yourself unless you want to be me because I'm better. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>